0: Uru Nation, thank you so much for watching, for listening. Like, subscribe, comment, share. I actually debated on this one. I debated going live. I get distracted on live sometimes with, with the questions. And this one, the article, um, which I'm going to read, as you're guessing correctly by the title, there's an unprecedented exodus of young life scientists outside of academia. And they're going into private industry. And we're going to get into that article. um, But the reason I I didn't take this one live is because I get so many questions when I go live that it just turns into something that's really chaotic. And this article, we're going to go in depth. We're going to read a lot of it. And then I'm going to give my opinions and all that stuff. Before anything else, I want to thank my sponsor, Viva. Viva, thank you so much for making this show possible. Viva is here to change the game. They have electronic regulatory documents for sites for free with no commitment, no contract. I just signed up my site, Yuma Clinical Trials. No contract needed. Nothing signed. They they just approve your email address and that's it. You're up and running with an electronic regulatory system, which is a great way if you haven't gotten into electronic anything yet. You need to consider it. It's it's free. Over four hundred and fifty sponsors are using Viva for their back end stuff. The idea is that when monitors monitor, like right now I'm having a closeout visit today as we speak. The monitors asking me for all this stuff. You know, they they don't use Viva, but if they did, which most of them are these days, they would not have to ask me anything. The documents are already there, so all I have to do is send him a link to the documents. Um, but electronic signatures here, electronic uh, delegation of authorities log, all for free. Viva's going to keep giving sites free stuff because they're very site-centric. They, they know that if they help empower the sites, even more sponsors are going to use their paid products on their end. They are the sponsors after all, so they pay for things. And they understand that making sites take control of their electronic systems is a huge first step. It's a huge commitment for sites, even for something that's free. And they're here to make it easy, and they're playing the long game. And anyways, go check it out underneath the video or the show notes below Viva Site Vault. And now they actually passively integrate on the studies where the sponsors are using Viva, they, you integrate your electronic regulatory with the sponsor's trial master file system once you opt into it. So no more asking for documents where these things are. It's already done for you. Thank you, Viva. Okay, this article, the link will also be underneath the video and in the show notes. It's from Stat News. The tipping point is coming. Unprecedented exodus of young life scientists is shaking up academia. This is a really good article. It came out a few weeks ago, actually almost a month ago. I wanted to talk about it prior but I got sick as you can hear. I'm still congested, um but I'm I'm good enough to do this podcast. I wanted to go long form on this. So, it starts with a story. Um San Diego Ryan Garashi is keeping all her options open. After all, she's still a second-year PhD student in bioengineering at UC San Diego, and there are so many careers to explore. Absolutely, Ryan. Actually, it would be really cool if I reach out there on LinkedIn and ask her what she's doing, but I digress. Uh, Patent Law has been so high up on her list ever since she took a, a course on it, there's also regulatory affairs. That's something I would have definitely recommended. Um, there are many jobs the 24-year-old can imagine doing, well, except for one. She says, "I came into grad school knowing that I do not want to go into academia. Sad as it is, it's a tough system that doesn't favor people who are not system, who are not systemically privileged." Those are fighting words there, said Garashi, the daughter of Sudanese immigrants who makes just 36000 a year. Rent for a discounted on-campus apartment eats up a third of that. When you try to calculate your hourly wage, it's sub-minimum wage, which is just ridiculous. That's another thing that a lot of these people are not factoring in why academia is losing. They're usually in very expensive urban areas. Where housing and everything else is just through the roof in an age of remote workers, where you can literally work in uh, as far away from a metro area as you'd like, where cost of living is a lot lower than some of these metro area than all these metro areas. Um, That's something that academia is not considering, and industry is definitely benefiting off of. She's not alone. Young life science researchers are leaving academia at unprecedented levels for lucrative jobs in the private sector. Like Garashi, many of them are entering graduate programs already, knowing they don't want to remain in academia long term, making their time in the ivory tower a pit stop rather than a final destination. Guru Nation, I've been talking about this for years. Now, I can steel man academia too. Meaning I can support, I can try to support the argument for why working in academia is good, but only up to a certain point. So if it's the first job you can get and you're already a student at said academia, it makes sense. Why? There's less friction for you to get in if you can get in. Boom. Okay. Pay is not that great. Ability to climb the corporate ladder, not that great. After all, it's not a corporation. It's academia. So the corporate ladder uh, at a lot of these places is more built around tradition and publishing and prestige. And unlike private industry, where it's still more of it's obviously it's always who you know, but it's definitely more um based on meritocracy. All right. So back to the article. The data around this tectonic shift are loud and clear. So were the many people Stat spoke with, from PhD students to postdoc researchers to graduate program directors, labor economists, and hiring managers in the biopharma in the biopharma industry, which I know a bunch. Students and postdocs lambasted a system, they say exploits their long hours at the lab bench. To advance the careers and renown of professors. I know a lot of people started in lab research that are in clinical research in private industry. In return, they're left powerless, overlooked, and so underpaid that eking out a living is difficult, if not outright impossible. But those critiques go back decades. What has changed is there's now a booming biotech industry. The industry's booming. Thank you, Stat News for finally confirming what I've been saying for all these years, and the willingness to offer six-figure salaries and benefits. For many young researchers, the allure of these jobs is irresistible. Problems that have percolated for years are now coming to a head. Faculty are reporting that they're struggling to hire postdocs, delaying research projects, and pressuring universities to consider improving salaries and benefits as endowments are shrinking. A lot's changing at the same time. COVID changed a lot. COVID changed a lot of this. Demands for change are coming from within the system as well. Graduate students and tens of thousands of other academic workers within the University of California system voted overwhelmingly to grant the union the authority to call a strike as soon as November 14th if their demands for higher wages and support for working parents aren't met. It's a situation that has many experts and university leaders thinking hard about the long-term future of academic science. So they're getting into, I'm going to skip around a little bit in this article. I think we, uh, we understand the problem now. Um, the roots of what is happening run deep. More than 30 years ago, long before this biotech boom, talk of a postdoc shortage or looming graduate student strikes, experts already saw trouble on the horizon. She knows it sounds odd to say now, so let me stop here. You've got people getting master's degrees, getting Ph.D. degrees that want to leave academia and turn to private industry. And I know because they ask me on a daily basis, how can I start? Like, I'm educated. How, how can I start? Honestly, it's the same advice I would give somebody who doesn't have a master's or Ph.D. Start at a site near you, the smaller the better, so as far away from academia as you can, a place like Yuma Clinical Trials, or a CRO, where you're not going to be a CRA right off the bat, but you might be an in-house CRA, you might be a study startup specialist, you might be a remote site monitor, or like I said, at the site level, where you're a study coordinator. And honestly, here, this is real talk, guys, coming from a site owner, somebody who hires people at my site. Oh, it's going to be tough to say, but I'm going to say it. I would much rather, as a practical site owner, hire a medical assistant or somebody with a bachelor's degree, or... We can go the the other way. And somebody with a practical advanced degree, like an international medical graduate, I'd much rather hire them than somebody with a PhD that had a stint in academia or a master's degree that had a stint in academia. Why? Because to me, and I'm I'm an entrepreneur, I'm somebody who reacts to what the market gives you. There's more value from my experiences training up an MA, a CNA, an international medical graduate, or somebody who just graduated from college with a bachelor's, maybe a master's degree. I get much more immediate ROI from that person than I do from somebody with a more advanced degree from academia. I'm going to get like a lot of hate for that, but I don't think I'm the only one. I might be the only one willing to say it. Why? is probably where this article is kind of pointing at as well. Academia is a different world than private industry. Where I where I operate in private industry, we only get paid based on patients we randomize. Like that's very practical. We don't get paid, we don't write grants, we don't just do research for the sake of doing research. We follow protocols and we randomize patients. And we work hand-in-hand hand with clinicians, and we solve problems and watch out for patient safety on a daily basis. And I think a lot of my fellow site owners would tell you the same thing if if they got candid with you. Now, does that mean there's not a place for advanced degrees in our industry? Of course not. My site in San Bernardino, California, is looking for psychometric raters. These are positions, psychometric raters, are positions that require advanced degrees. And they do psychiatric assessments, so interview questions with patients, structured interviews that sometimes last 30 minutes, 60 minutes, sometimes 90 minutes. And in those cases, we will seek out the exodus from academia. But for the most part, to handle our day-to-day We're just fine with a CNA, an MA, or somebody who just graduated with a bachelor's degree or a master's or an international medical graduate. Uh, Let's get back to the article. These young people who are probably far more talented than me weren't just paranoid. They had a reason to be concerned. There's nothing, I think, more terrifying than thinking I can work really hard, I can have great ideas, I can get them down on paper brilliantly, and I still might not get funded. The problem. Too many people, too few dollars. Working on that first report released in 94 was so jarring. So there's there. if you actually read the link, there's like other reports here that follow the trail of when it started unraveling for academic research. The problem is now, like the industry is dominated by biotech and private industry and venture capital and big pharma and private CROs and private sites that these academic sites they're brought on in order to anchor a study because it looks good for investors and it looks good for a press release to say you see such and such was involved in our study and this famous key opinion leader was involved in our study uh but everybody knows they're not the ones doing like the heavy lifting of a study there's exception of course of course there's exceptions um but for the most part it's Smaller sites doing most of the, being rescue sites, moving quickly. I didn't even get into the local IRB aspect. All of these academic institutions are basically forced to use a local IRB, which slows down startup timelines, which eats up more money from the sponsors. Every day that a clinical trial goes on, the sponsor's spending about a million dollars uh the number of li- back to the article the number of life science graduate students and postdocs was exploding out of proportion with the number of available faculty positions the trend had been clear for decades 60% of life scientists who earned a phd in ni- 1963 and 64 secured tenure within 10 years that figure dropped to 54% by the 70s and by the 80s only 38% were tenured the result was a broken labor market and Yeah, being tenured is like reserved now for just a select few. The other issue with why academics are losing steam is, yeah, they fund their own research. They write grants. But when a private industry uh, comes out with an investigational product, they'll sometimes partner early on or they'll look for IP at a university. And sometimes the scientists themselves who came up with the investigation product at an academic site move on to private industry. Sometimes there is royalties for that ac- academia, but oftentimes if they bring their smarts with them, right? If they were working on a hypothesis, but there was nothing patent yet, private industry benefits from that. I see a lot of that in the CEO's and the And the chief scientific officers of the biotechs that I interviewed when i when I used to analyze stocks, and I'm eventually going to get back into that too The slew of recommendations in the nineties were to stop the unchecked growth of graduate programs, give students accurate information about their career prospects. That's another thing. The number of advanced degrees with little practical value exploded once the universities discovered, hey, government is going to subsidize student loans. So, we can jack the price of all these programs we have, and we could jack we can create more degrees and the value of a degree you can argue in twenty twenty two compared to nineteen sixty two there's there's a huge drop in value it doesn't mean the people who are graduating are not as smart oftentimes they're they're way smarter, but they're in more debt, and sometimes their degrees don't have practical applications in the real world um, they also argued that academic labs needed to add more permanent staff science positions with competitive salaries the NIH has acted on some of these recommendations. Uh, one of the guys Michael Lauer NIH deputy director for extramural research with the limited resources that we like every other federal agency has. That's another macro event federal government's going into more and more debt every decade. In total, uh, there's a bunch of articles now that they cite, culture is the hardest thing to change. This is about culture. It's about a longstanding culture generated when there are more dollars than people. Suddenly, we had more people than dollars. Exodus from the ivory tower. For much of the late 90s and early 2000s, the proportion of newly minted life science PhD graduates with jobs lined up who planned to go into industry hovered between 20 and 30 percent. Meanwhile, graduate students with job commitments who were academia bound ranged from 40 to 50 percent. That all changed a decade ago. The percentage of industry bound grads steadily rose and by 2019 eclipsed that of going into academia for the first time a trend that has only grown in the years since. It also parallels the trend that more research is being done in the private sector than in academia, and this was probably since the 90s. And this is what caused the CRO boom and what caused the site boom, the private site boom. The survey doesn't spell out precisely what kinds of jobs students are taking. Instead, using industry as a catch-all term for any profit profit, any for-profit business and then academia as a descriptor of all educational institutions and i see this again i see this on a daily basis and i could tell you what kind of jobs they're going into most of them want regulatory affairs but they they have to start out getting in-house cra remote site monitor then they work their way to cras sometimes project managers clinical trial managers. Regulatory affairs, or if they go to the site side, they go as coordinators or raiders, um, sub investigators at smaller sites like my site in San Bernardino. And then they'll either go to CRO or they'll go to a sponsor. My own personal employees in the past, since 2004, a lot of them with advanced degrees have followed these career trajectories. I know it's anecdotal, but this is all I can talk about on my podcast is what I know. When life science companies raise heaps of cash, they hire quickly. The trend closely follows a sharp rise in dollars flowing into the biotech industry, with annual venture capital investments in pharma and biotech companies increasing from 5 billion in 2012 to 38 billion in 2021. The gene sequencing company for example, 10x Genomics is just one of many examples employs 1,200 workers, nearly a third of whom have a Ph.D. And most of the hiring was done in the last few years. There's an insatiable appetite for talent. It doesn't matter where you went to school, what I just said, and I'm not a biotech. It doesn't matter necessarily what you studied in your Ph.D. If you have the ability to learn, ability to get results and collaborate with others, you'll fit in. Enthusiasm seems to go both ways. Graduate program directors have noticed an uptick in students expressing interest in non-academic careers near the start of their PhD programs. Quite honestly, I think that's a good thing. I think private industry is going to solve a lot of problems. It's going to create its own set of challenges that then private industry is going to solve. So uh, like tech right now, there's a lot of tech vendor. This article doesn't even talk about tech vendors, the growing stakeholder in our industry that by 2025 is going to eclipse most of the R&D budgets in our industry are tech companies uh, like Viva. For quite some time, students didn't want to be completely honest about what they wanted to do, but that's changed. Part of the reason may be that more incoming students have already worked in the industry. Life science students typically take a year or two after completing their bachelor's before starting grad school. Yep. I have one right now. Her name is Katie Welch. And she's not going into academia, but she's working for me as a coordinator, just got her bachelor's before she starts her doctorate program. And she's quite honestly unsure about what she's going to do in the future. But research is, now that she's aware, research is definitely on the table. But she does want to pursue her doctorate degree. Um, And she's getting a doctorate in physical therapy. So it's a practical degree, but she still might want to incorporate clinical research into it. They know they like it. It's what they've seen. They that's especially true around here. Not to mention we give like my my company, Yuma Clinical Trials, my other company, Breakthrough Clinical Trials, Himmerdino. We we can't compete on prestige. We can't even really compete on salary. What we can complete compete on is the culture the work-life balance, and advancing your career quicker via more responsibilities. And once you've worked for about a year in private industry, you'll compare a year after working in private industry with a year after working in academia at comparable jobs. The salaries are not even close. Private industry far eclipses it. This is what the article is going to get into now. They also offer more money. Biomedical PhD grads entering industry can expect to make a median salary of 105000 compared to 53000 in academia. That's roughly what Charlotte Lorenz and her husband each made when the pair joined UCSD Neuroscience Lab as postdocs. They got by the first year, but by the summer of 2021, their monthly rent spiked. They had a second child. Pretty soon they were paying for more rent, childcare, and taxes. They cut back on everything except bare essentials. When that failed, the couple burned through their savings. I was pretty mad at that point. The pair left UCSD for biotech early this year and they haven't looked back and they shouldn't. And they're going to be treated with respect, with the salary they deserve. And most of these biotechs are actually value culture as well in their companies. Um... There's a bunch of startups and friends who are making a lot more than me. So these are people like next steps for life science PhDs. The article is really good. Like if you guys have time, go read it. If not, that's what I'm here for. MRNA. I talk about MRNA platform. They they bring up someone named Sarah Zakara. In September, she joined Columbia University to start her own lab. So she's a PhD. For now, she is its only member. Sakara is looking to hire two postdocs. So here's a scientist working at academia. They give her a budget. They give her a grant. And they said, look, hire two postdocs. Failing to fill those slots could stall her research and endanger her chances of getting tenure. Look, guy, this, this is an old model. It's broken. So far, qualified and experienced applicants have been hard to find. That's no surprise. Her research deals with one of the hottest fields in science, messenger RNA. I've said this since COVID started on this podcast. There's no shortage of companies eager to scoop up talented scientists in this field. Zakara herself turned down two industry job offers during her postdoc. She has been trying to convince students to see postdoc as an opportunity to build knowledge and skills, She has yet to win anyone over, even friends with PhDs who've jumped straight into industry jobs. She'll get somebody, but then it's going to be hard to keep that person, too. While postdoc research is practically required for tenure-track positions, there's evidence it comes at a cost in other job sectors. A 2017 study published in Nature found that it typically takes 15 years for researchers who did a biomedical postdoc to catch up to the salary of peers who entered the labor with a PhD alone. Our hands are tied. We cannot offer the salary of biotech. There are signs entire institutions are being affected. Scripps in La Jolla, La Jolla campus. Uh, there are many reasons why uh, from faculty retiring to difficulty bringing in foreign researchers during the pandemic, but competing with the industry is a factor. Scripps has taken in more grad students to compensate. Um as the famed Research Institute wrestles with this trend, Eastman and others have been involved in broader discussions around the future of graduate education, and that means dealing with thorny questions. Should we even encourage students to do postdocs, or can we move them directly into whatever career they want to go into? And industries recruiting at these universities hardcore I know a bunch of job recruiters so that's basically the gist of the article again I'm going to put it underneath I want to know what you guys think like the industry is booming we're not waiting for academia academia plays a huge part in it especially at the pre-IND level and doing the early stages of the research in order to see if there's even proof of concept but then beyond that Private industry takes over, and private industry, even at the biotech level, has taken over even at the proof of concept, because they're recruiting these scientists, too. So let me know what you guys think about this. I found it interesting. I deal with these kind of people literally on a daily basis. If you're one of these people, you're not alone. Uh, Nothing's wrong with private industry. Nothing's wrong with academia, quite honestly, if it makes you happy. Um, So at the end of the day, that's what matters. But quality of life and the ability to afford things like housing and food in major urban centers where most of these academic medical centers are has to factor in on that quality of life skill somewhere like subscribe comment share guru nation let me know what you think about this catch you later bye-bye